Galatians chapter 5, uh, beginning, beginning with verse 1, hear the word of God. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Look, I, Paul, say to you that if you accept circumcision, Christ will be of no advantage to you. I testify again to every man who accepts circumcision that he is obligated to keep the whole law. You are severed from Christ, you who will be justified by the law. You have fallen away from grace. For through the Spirit, by faith, we ourselves eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith working through love. You were running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion is not from him who calls you. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. I have confidence in the Lord that you will take no other view than mine, and the, and the one who is troubling you will bear the penalty, whoever he is. But if I, brothers, still preach circumcision, why am I still being persecuted? In that case, the offense of the cross has been removed. I wish those who unsettle you would emasculate themselves. For you were called to freedom, brothers. Do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. Grass withers, uh, the flower fades, but the word of the Lord uh, endures forever. Uh, you can make this the you could talk about this first verse as the theme statement uh, in Galatians: uh, "For freedom, Christ has set you free; has set us uh, free." Believers in Christ then aren't. We're not, we're not tied down. Uh, we're not restricted by uh, rules and regulations. We're liberated. Liberated in Christ to experience life in its fullness. And greater uh, fullness because of the gospel. Uh, basking in the sunlight of God's favor. Waking up and walking forward by the Spirit's uh, presence and power with you uh, in confidence, in joy, and in, in peace. But this like glorious freedom that Paul wants us to see and wants the church in Galatia to, to see uh, can be the very thing that Christians are prone to giving up. Right? The next thing he says, uh, Stand firm, therefore, um, <clears throat> And do not submit again to a, a yoke of slavery. This is awesome freedom, liberation to really experience the fullness of life. And be careful to not like go be a slave again. You're like, do we need that warning? The, the, the picture would be like, here's someone who is in prison. Gets out of prison, say after a decade, okay? You know this person, you're comfortable around them, but you get to know a little bit of their life. They're living maybe the apartment next door to you. Maybe you're worried so you're kind of keeping an eye on them or like what's going on. But anyway, right, here they are. They're out of prison. Uh, they have their own, own place or own room or whatever. And 
uh, you're wondering, what, what are they going to do? Now that they have the opportunity to go where they want, eat where they want, do things, get in life, uh, what, where's it going to lead them? And then uh, the situation in this passage is, is if they, um, pretty soon the, the room, all the decoration in the room has gone, the pictures are off, the curtains are out. Start noticing the person doesn't come out very much. They kind of stay in the room most of the time, just for short, brief periods. They come out, walk around, go back to the room. They just kind of stay there. A while later, it's like the mattress is gone. Uh, there's no real bed. There's just kind of a little platform to, to sleep on. Windows boarded up. Um, <clears throat> then you're like really confused one day because they, they're taking the door off. And they're coming and installing another door, but it's like metal, metal door with, with holes and bars in it, right? That, that's the door where, to where he is, and has someone just coming and bringing food just at certain times of day, has a, has a toilet installed in the one room, and just stops coming out. Um, like that, that would be really sad, right? If you're, if you're imagine that, that would be like, here's all this that you could go see. Uh, go see the Grand Canyon. Go take a tour. Go, go meet people. Go talk to people that you haven't seen in years. And all of a sudden, just instead, making uh, this room and this freedom into another jail cell. And that's sad, but it's not too different from how many people look at the Christian life. Uh, if, if you're a believer, I don't think it takes a whole lot of looking at our own hearts before we start to see some of those ways that we quickly uh, tie ourselves down to other rules. We've got to keep that if we're going to do this thing, if we're going to follow these things, then we've got to, we've got to get things together. We've got to keep, uh, keep this set of rules and we bind ourselves down. Um, <clears throat> if you're not a Christian, then if you, I'll put money on that you've watched Christians around you who feel really, really tied up to some set of rules and expectations um, because of their Christianity, because of the things that they believe about the Bible. And maybe that's because they're following all those rules, uh, or maybe it's because they're regularly breaking those rules and beating themselves up over and trying to figure out where they stand. But you watch uh, so many uh, Christians, or who call themselves Christians, um, tied down, tied up in knots over how well they're following a certain set of rules. So that would probably be one of the biggest things that works against uh, evangelism uh, in America, especially at FSU. If all the people who talk about the gospel and the joy and the freedom of the gospel are just feeling like tied down by it and worried over whether they're doing great or whether they're doing horribly in it, and you like this freedom? You're like, okay. They talk about freedom, but they don't, they don't know freedom. Um, fullness of life? If you want to experience fullness of life, there's all kind of things that FSU offers that they're going, mm, I don't know what I should do with it. Um, it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. But sometimes it's like we're continually tying ourselves down, putting on the handcuffs. We like walk around campus with like a, a literal ball and chain. Like, why do you do that? Like, oh, freedom of the gospel. Christian. Here's what he's saying. Stand firm then in this freedom of what the gospel really affords you instead of uh, locking yourselves into submitting again to some yoke of, of slavery, uh, some legalism. So we're going to look at three different sides of the passage. Uh, and because I'm weird in my mind, you can just think of it as la, la, la. Because uh, there's three L's in it, so you know, 
get la la la. You get um, uh, <clears throat> law first, uh, first section of the passage, uh, leaven uh, after that, and then, and then thirdly, love. Um, and I want you to be thinking about as we as we go through this. Um, do you want to be free? Do you want to be free, and do you know how to enjoy real freedom? Because the tendency is that a lot of times we don't, or the tendency for Christians is to tie ourselves down again, and Paul warns us of this, not to submit again to a yoke of slavery. So first of all, then law. Um, uh, law, particularly as opposed uh, to the gospel, and you see this in, uh, in verse 4, strong language. He's got a series of just strong contrasts all the way through law and gospel. Here's verse 4. Uh, you are severed from Christ, you who would be justified by the law. You have fallen away from grace. <clears throat> There's somehow there's this tendency to give up the gift of God's free grace, that he has shown favor to us, which we can't earn, which we can't do anything with. And our tendency is to let go of that in order to try to make sure we're aiming at earning God's approval. We want God's approval. He's given it to us. And we say, OK, now I've got to make sure that I that I deserve it. Um, and we keep tying ourselves down, trying to say, checking against our list. Um, and we make ourselves feel as if we're we're obligated to the law. How Paul puts it in the verse right before that. Uh, if you uh, accept circumcision, a certain part of the law that people are, are pushing uh, at the time from the Old Testament and how these things connect, saying if you accept this, this one thing, if these rules are, are doing something to your status and relationship before God, then you're obligated to keep the whole law. Like a lot of times we just act like we're obligated to the law, that we have a responsibility as Jesus' followers to now be good enough on our own. Um, and it's, it's not the gospel. In fact, he's calling us not uh, to budge from it an inch or else we're, we're stuck with the whole, that we're never good enough if we look at the whole of the law of God's character. We're not, we're not there. And so it's particularly the law looking at it as a way of determining our value, our, our worth, uh, our approval and acceptance and status and relationship with God by how our life, our obedience fits with some certain standard. Uh, whether that's a standard even that God's given in his word or just some other standard that we've put up that's close to that or entirely different from it. Uh, trying to be uh, justified by uh, the law, uh, he says. And if so, if you, you who would want to let the law decide what your status or approval is, you're actually throwing Christ away. You're, you're severed from Christ. You're cut off from Christ. You're removing yourself from the gospel as you depend on your own uh, obedience. Uh, it's completely opposite of the, of the biblical uh, gospel. Just, just to try to like, get how strong the language is that Paul's using here. Um, uh, if you would accept circumcision, one, he's all these, these, these three things, a few others, but Christ would be of no advantage to you. Listen, you start falling, falling into looking at your behavior and whether or not you're doing the right thing and letting your, letting your relationship with God be determined by whether you feel like you were doing the right, right thing or you feel like you weren't doing the right thing, then, then, then the gospel, Christ, all that Christ has done, all of the great value of who he is, doesn't matter to you at all. It's of no value to you. There's no benefit for you in it, he says. 
Christ is of no advantage to you. Uh, you're severed, you're cut off, you're removed uh, from Christ, alienated uh, from him, and you've fallen away from grace. You've fallen away from God's favor. And you see what's going on in it, right? Because that's not what you're relying on. Because you're not relying on Christ. You're not looking to him. You're looking to these other things. You're looking to circumcision. You're looking to obedience to the law. You're looking to the behavior and the things that you're doing or the things that you're not doing as defining you. Rather than that Christ has accomplished approval for us, that we get to be declared righteous because Jesus was righteous in our place, justified by him. Try to explore what that looks like just a, just a little bit. Um, maybe put these two phrases this way. Sometimes it's, it's uh, I, <clears throat> I feel better, my worth, my value, myself, my relationship with God. I feel better because I don't. Fill in the blank. Because um, I don't curse, because I don't drink, because I don't, whatever thing you want to put in there. I feel better because of these things. Or the gospel would turn around a very different way. That, that there's, yes, the gospel makes an impact on your life and your behavior in that freedom of what you want to uh, use that freedom for. Uh, but it's, it's an I don't, whatever different things, because I feel better, because I know the worth of who I am in Christ and that nothing can shake that because Jesus' work has already been accomplished. But if you switch those around, if it's not, here's these things that are happening, but they're happening because of what Christ done, but you're starting to define yourself and your status or your value uh, because um, uh, that, that you'll feel better because of what things you do or you don't do, uh, then you're missing it. Here's an easy one. I'll just take, like, cursing, foul language, vulgarity, right? Like, if you never curse your parents told you you're not supposed to curse, then and you can easily just start to feel better about yourself when you get around people who are just foul mouth language going all over the place. You're like, I don't do that. Until one time, like, the dirty word slips out of your mouth, and then you're like, what have I done? Right? Where, where's my worth? Where's my value now? How do I stand if I've crossed this line? Um, <clears throat> another one, um, if, if you, like, always drive the speed limit or, like, just kind of push the speed limit, but you don't really. You've never gotten a ticket, and then all of a sudden you've got a ticket. It's so hard for it not to impact your view of your worth and your value and who you are and whether or not you're a good Christian or a good citizen or a good person or, or whatever. Because now there's these laws saying, you didn't do it, you're not good enough. Right? Or you crossed the line. Uh, <clears throat> it's easy to feel worse about it. Or just take, um, take, take good things. Like sharing the gospel is a good thing. Like how can you realize the benefit of Christ is, the impact that that makes for you and not care about the people around you and want them to know his glory, to know his grace? How can you not speak of the truth of who, who Christ is if he matters to you so much? So, so sharing the gospel is a good thing, but then pretty quickly we can start to determine our worth or value over how sharing the gospel is going. And you get to talk to someone uh, about the gospel, and you're like, hey, I actually, I actually did it. I, I said stuff about Jesus to this person. We had this conversation. I don't know how it went, but like, I still got that out. And like, value's just floating a little bit. Um, or, there's, or you just don't see yourself talking about it. 
Um, don't find those, those uh, times to, to reach out to make, um, make those relationships or open up more. And you start to say, like, does, does God really love me? Do I even matter if I'm not, um, if, if here I'm not sharing the gospel? It's a good thing to do, but if we're defining ourselves by it instead of Christ, then our, then our faith, the focus of our faith is on what we're doing, not what Jesus has done. Do you see the difference? That's what Paul is drawing out. He says, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts. It doesn't matter. If you're acting like that's the thing that matters, then your faith is focused in that and not in Jesus and who he is. Uh, so you take things like wherever you fall on it, like, like smoking, right? But sometimes people are like, hey, I feel great because I don't smoke. Other people are like, I feel great because I do, because I know that's not a, some biblical rule says I know when the Bible says I can't smoke. So you're like, and, but there's just, if there's just like, feel good rebelliousness against something or else people like just all the time it's great like hopefully you wait till 21 but then when you're 21 you drink and there's enough of a culture in american christianity that goes alcohol is wrong that scripture never has if you're having alcohol but you feel this like sense of this i'm doing this rebellious thing you're acting like it counts for something like here you are freer in this or here you are better or worse from how you do in it and you're looking at that thing and not Jesus being enough is what matters. True for bad things, uh, too. Um, I mean, you can take all kind of things you see in the church uh, for, for whatever. What, what things you read or you don't read. Should you read Harry Potter? We just let our daughter go over to a friend's house and watch Harry Potter. And it's great. And some of y'all grew up in the time where it's like, Harry Potter, was it good? Was it bad? Was that okay? Like, were you not a Christian if you're letting your... Son or daughter, you're reading like something about witches and wizards and all this stuff. Um, people's view on like homeschooling or public schooling, we're trying to figure out. Like people latch onto these things and say, this defines me. My value is, is I'm doing this because I'm doing it right. And you should do it right like me. And we focus on our behavior. And man, the freedom goes out the door. Uh, and how we treat other people goes out the door. It's if you follow the rules with me, yes. And if you don't, push you out. It's not faith. Toward Christ working itself out in love, it's these other things are the things that matter. Um, uh, just for fun, uh, uh, guys, guys on the campus, you kind of look and look at it like this. You're trying to Christ, Christian guys on the campus, comparing and going, well, am I good? Am I not good? Am I value? Where where do I fit on the, on the law? Hey, there's so many folks that are just hooking up with girls every weekend. I'm not doing that. I've got just one girl that I, that I hook up with uh, regularly, and, and we don't go all the way, you know, like technically. So, like, I'm, I'm on the better side here, right? Other guys are going, that's horrible. Those guys, like, I know what they're doing. That's still wrong. And you can look at the Bible, and it's clear. That's, that's wrong. All I do is just look at porn, like, every other day on my computer and then feel really bad about it. Like, okay, but you're better because you're not doing, doing that, right? We're just judging ourselves according to the rules. And those things say something. But if our focus is just on that behavior, we're losing it. <clears throat> Other guys are judging the ones that are looking at porn because they're keeping track of several, several different groups of guys I knew at one point. Um, maybe this was some program or something. Just trying to, whether it was a number of days uh, without looking at porn or without masturbating, they would just write the number of days on their hand. Right? Write the number of days on their hand. Okay. Maybe that's neither here nor there. But what does it do? If you're getting together with your group of guys and you're talking about that, like, like 52, high score. <laughs> um, 
Next week you're there, you're like, one. (laughs) Uh, What's it do? It focuses you on, on where you're at, what your number is, how well you're doing. It is not bad to pay attention to some of those things. But if your faith starts to be in what that number is or how well you're doing compared to something else, you're losing the centrality of the gospel that you have to fight for. You're losing the sense of the freedom. That's not freedom to say, okay, look at porn whenever you want. It's a freedom that leads you into something else, but leads you into not going, my behavior, my, the number, whether it's good or high, is what dictates whether God loves me. Whether I fit with these people, whether I can go to God or worship him or pray or have hope or future or whatever different things. And you know, that stuff like drives you, drives you down in big depression. Well, whether it's sexual things for you, whether it's other things for you, we look at ourselves compared to these rules and regulations, be they good and right rules from scripture or something else. And instead of looking to Jesus and viewing ourselves how God views us there, we view ourselves according to these rules. Losing the freedom, acting as if that's, and we're giving up the gospel. Um, if, uh, if you want to have some idea where you fall on that, here, here's my suggestion to you. Uh, go ask some of your non-Christian friends and go say, hey, you've been around me for a little bit. Maybe you know I'm a Christian, but where do I come across as being judgmental? They've known you a little bit. Uh, I, I'm guessing they're going to have some things that they, they're like. They're going to try to be kind, right? But but if you're like in an open relationship, you're, you're giving them. If you if you're talking with them and you're you're saying, "What is this? Um, it, where am I judgmental?" You're going to find out what some of those things are, some of those rules that are tying you down that you're judging yourself by and judging other people by, uh, and they can see um, we can see right through it when we're not playing the game too. Um, <clears throat> Instead of focused on the law, the gospel focuses us on Christ. What he does uh, that matters. What matters is what we're relying on, what we're trusting in. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith working through love. So law 11. Uh, A little leaven leavens the whole uh, lump, uh, he says here. Right, and you get the picture of it. Maybe you've had like just bread without any of that, or bread without yeast, like flat as a pancake. Right, you put a little yeast yeast in it, gets all fluffy, rises up, a lot of air in it. Maybe tastes kind of good or whatever. Um, But a little bit that you put in there changes the whole thing. It's like little drinks you can get now. Instead of getting a drink, you can just get like whatever water, but you can squeeze the little like H2O flavor thing into the water. Just a little bit that you put in there changes the whole thing. Or switch that a little bit. You go up to Flint, Michigan. I mean, most of the water that you know you take, any of it, most of the water is actually water. It's just it's just good water. There's just there's these small little things in there that can cause a whole lot of damage, and they permeate all the way through everything else. Little leaven leavens the whole lump. Uh, a little poison can go all the way through and damage it, and, and that's what he's saying here. Um, <clears throat> This, this, t- this notion of we've got to get things right according to a certain set of rules, it spreads quick. It spreads fast. It spreads quickly in my heart and in yours and in a group of people and, and out from that. Um, it, and it acts like it's, it's obedience, but you see the way the pastor say it, says it. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? 
That's not the truth of the gospel. Uh, that's not the truth of who Christ is, of what he's done for his people, that it leaves them there scratching, uh, scratching and scratching and trying to do well enough uh, at a certain set of rules. It's not from him who calls you. Uh, it's not from God. Um, and so he has this thing where he says, I, hope, I have confidence in the Lord that you'll take no other view. The one who's troubling you uh, will bear the penalty, whoever he is. The sense is when we see that, we've got to get rid of it. We've got to drive it out. We've got to realize that's not there. Now, there's this thing called church discipline. You maybe don't see it a, a whole lot. Um, see it historically, like excommunication, saying that someone's not allowed to join in the Lord's Supper because of their life is as if they're not connected to Christ. They're not acknowledging their sin, not acknowledging the wrong before God, or turning to Him, but just staying in some sin. Uh, so much that the church's responsibility, according to Scriptures, is, is to speak the truth of that. And say so you're living as apart from Christ, so we're withdrawing Christ from you until you would turn from him. So I'll kind of earlier steps in that and just go to uh, excommunication, but actually just talking to someone saying, here's these things, you see this, and two people, and then bringing that to the church. And we tend to think of church discipline kind of stuff coming from whatever different big uh, uh, immorality, right? Uh, drug use, uh, adultery, uh, affairs, sexual sex, whatever, whatever different things. Um, but, but here you see it's a different context, right? That's the kind of ideas that he's talking about, but it's in relation to uh, promoting a better morality as being the thing that earns better favor from God. So it's like the person who says, hey, everyone should homeschool their children because this is how God defines us as his people, and these are the things that we have to do. It's great if you love homeschooling school if you love that but when you start to take something else and say this is what we're supposed to do in order to be gods and treat other people if you're not doing this as a part that's where paul's saying no 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 a little leaven leavens the whole lump you can't get you can't let that spread um like we need we need to say no to one another uh, when you start seeing me just Feeling better when there's like a big crowd of people here and feeling like low when there's a small crowd of people here. Here's my worth. Here's my value. You look at me and go, no, story. Are you care about Christ or you care about how RUF is going? What defines you before God? Because that spreads. It spreads in my heart. It spreads among y'all, right? Uh, we look at one another and we say, oh, you, you haven't been here. You haven't done this. Like, it was just a small group of people at RUF. And like, where were you Thursday night? You should be there too. This matters, right? Uh, you, you feel better if you're in one of the ones that was at RUF and not one of the people that wasn't, wasn't there. And we, like, no. We celebrate together that in Christ, he's enough for us, and there's a freedom. Hopefully that freedom draws us out toward him because uh, the Spirit is working within us. But it, it's like there's this leaven. Jesus says, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, right? Just this pharisaical, hypocritical, uh, small things that spread deeply. Uh, they would all of a sudden, you're throwing the mattress out, and you're having a toilet put in in the room, and you've changed the door into a jail cell. You're like, oh, I guess I just feel better here. I feel like I'm doing good right now. I don't know how I feel when I walk outside this room. Law, leaven, uh, love. Uh, the beauty of it. Where does this freedom leave? Uh, where does it lead? Uh, for you were called to freedom, brothers. Only don't use your freedom as an opportunity to the flesh, but through love, uh, serve one another. Like, like as you come out of prison and you're not stuck in that room, 
but you've been, you've been sitting there wishing that there was things that you could do. Being glad when you get to do road pickup duty because at least like you get out and get to do something useful. And now you have the freedom to care for other people, to be in relationship, uh, to care for them, to move toward them. I love toward God, but particularly it's talking here, love toward neighbor. That the freedom in the gospel leads us to look around at other people and know who God is, what he has done for humanity in Christ, and that those, the way that Christ is for us shapes how we are to one another. Not, did you do it well enough? Did you follow the rules? Uh, but here you are made in God's image like me, broken like me, needy like me. Let me move towards you. Let me show you love the way that I know that I need love. It's freedom to let you not get wrapped up in, was well, that person going to like me? Am I doing this well enough? Am I gaining enough merit by how well I'm serving other people? It's just freedom that just says, I can love them, and maybe no one else knows about it. Oh, and I can love this person. And maybe they don't want it, but I can just put it out there and just keep checking in with them, that I, that I care about them. Um, not to use that opportunity of freedom to just run away from Christ because in that freedom it's Christ himself who is given to us uh, the spirit who is given to us that God's love has been poured out into our hearts assuring us of his love and then helping us to walk uh, the way Christ walked uh, serving uh, giving himself uh, for others do you want to be free you know how to be free? Are you constantly checking yourself around some set of rules? Whether you know it well enough, whether you're doing it well enough, whether it fits with what other people expect or what you thought for yourself, or can you in all those moments in your successes or in your failures uh, not just watch your your self-confidence rise into judgmentalism and arrogance or, or fall into depression and down on yourself, but but turn instead to Jesus being enough. Not the law, but the Christ's advantage is what you get to bask in. That you get to be his son, that you get to walk uh, worshiping him, uh, praising him in freedom and joy and confidence. Uh, looking and watching those, those ways that start to compromise that and driving it out. And together uh, driving that out. Uh, using our freedom through love to serve one another. Uh, do you long for that freedom? Do you see what the gospel offers? That he, this is the fullness of life. Not that you get all the rules right, but in seeing as Christ is enough for you, that he, you get to walk uh, failing and attempting and in confidence of his approval and his leading, that there's peace, there's joy, that there's love that flows out.